This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. It's a reliable plot line. Old, battle-hardened wrestler, left for dead and in exile, mounts a comeback, looking to vanquish the people who always seem to underestimate him. Of course, we're talking about Donald Trump. Or is it Vince McMahon? Or both? Yes. With us to discuss wrestling and politics and politics and wrestling is Brandon Weatherby. Yes. You meet everybody podcast, founder of Recommend If You Like magazine, and co-author with Chris Kelly of the book, the Donald, how Trump turned presidential politics into pro wrestling. Brandon, welcome back to Political Theater. Thanks for having me. So let's just go through the last couple of months. Do you want to start with Vince or do you want to start with Trump? It does not matter. It does not matter if you go forwards or backwards. It's the same story. <laughs> All right. I'm laughing, so I'm not crying because yes. it's horrible. I just want to, there's a preface here. I'm not happy about any of this. I, I am not. <laughs> I'm not happy with anything that's going on, uh, but uh, to deny it is absurd. That's, uh, I think that's that's a good life philosophy in general uh, for for us realists, uh, uh, the people who who try to take note of what's happening on the world. I do love that this thing is prefaced in realism, but we're talking about two of the biggest carnies of all time. <laughs> So, well, let's start with let's start with Vince McMahon. Let, let's start with the exile and and then the the steps towards return that we've seen in the last month or so. So, about nine months ago, Vince McMahon uh, is not forced to step down from his position with WWE, but uh, the Wall Street Journal breaks some news that uh, dude didn't financially report things correctly, and that's why he does step away for what, like I said, roughly nine months. In the meantime, WWE goes on a run where they clearly become the number one yet again. They had some decent competition with the rival called AEW. And, uh, and this is happening going... during Vince McMahon sort of stepping away from day to day. Yeah, when he steps away, WWE just sort of takes over. And everyone seemingly, everyone being the wrestling fan, is very happy. The wrestlers are very happy. Their stock price is completely solid. A few months ago, uh, there's some rumblings that Vince wants to come back. In December, the board votes unanimously. We don't want him back. Ten days later, he's back. He's uh, shifted the board, com- not completely, but enough where he is. Uh, he's completely back. And uh, his daughter, the person that stepped away for a leave of absence, who came back three weeks later to take over for Vince's job about nine months ago, she's now gone. Uh, <laughs> and this is the very secession of it all. Um, this yes. is the- well, succession. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, maybe a, a, Apologies. A, a, a another. Well, that's a maybe a, a, another podcast. But sure. like the, just the the pure. I mean, this is for for folks who don't you know maybe know the background of the McMahons as well. I mean, there we'll get to the connections to Trump, but I mean, Vince McMahon is also famously the uh, spouse of you know. Two-time Senate candidate and former, you know, small business administrator Linda McMahon, who was like pretty much, you know, like she was among the the least controversial of any of Trump's cabinet when she was when she was in Washington um, before heading back to to Connecticut. And then, as you said, his his daughter and and there are other other family members that have been involved in the business. But he was 
having him step away seemed to be, as you said, this universal good, at least for the health of the company. But it's not about the health of the company. It's about the health of the sale of the company. So that's how Vince has framed this to return. And the stock prices for WWE have uh, they haven't been their all-time high, but they're very close to it since his uh, return roughly 10 days ago. Things are going great if you're a stock owner for WWE. Uh, there was a rumor that got shot down about a day or two later that they were sold to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That was shot down, obviously. They are most likely going to be sold in this calendar year for between 8 to $10 billion. And the way Vince has gotten back in is he's saying, I have to approve the sale. This company is not worth anything without me. So he's back. It's not any different than Trump and the GOP. Um, it's wonderful. Really quick aside, when I say wonderful, I don't mean that actually. And uh, number two, do you know who just got headed uh, named to the SBA uh, House Committee this week? Uh, please, please go ahead. George Santos. Yes. <laughs> it's cool, right? That's a cool guy. He's he's uh he he's like uh he he could be his own plotline uh I mean he could be in 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 a WWE plotline yeah good for George <laughs> or or whatever name he wants to go by man good for him right I mean you you can frequently change your name your identity your costume all nothing that kind of means stuff, anything you know? never quit that's the premise of this entire Congress that's the premise of this entire life that's the premise of the WWE um. When I messaged you about this, I was just like, hey, there's just so much commonality between the two. And I had this had nothing to do with any of the sexual assault allegations against either Vince or Trump. And we confirmed this podcast, what, Wednesday? Yeah. Today, we're recording this on Friday. On Thursday, there's breaking news about both of their separate sexual assaults from the mid-90s. Who would have thunk it? Isn't, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that and and um, you know, it, this seems to be a part of McMahon's return, right? You know, well, that, that was that they, and that they settled these. And you if know. you if you break it down, that's actually the the quote unquote demise from 2022 with Vince, where if he if he didn't do any of these things, he would still be there. Not not because he's an in touch or out of touch seventy mid seventy year old that shouldn't be running this company, but because he didn't file things correctly because he didn't say exactly where the money was coming from in these payoffs. That's what the problem was. It wasn't the actual crimes, which is not mind blowing at all, which is an incredibly sad thing to say. Congratulations to George Santos on his house committee. So good timing <laughs> for that guy. So, and uh, not, not for nothing too, that one of the, one of the lines that Santos used, one of the, the arguments that he used for why he should be elected it was an open seat. Uh, Tom Suozzi, you know, the Democratic congressman, ran for governor unsuccessfully. So that created this open seat situation. Those are always a little more unpredictable. Santos had run in twenty twenty and lost uh, in twenty twenty two. He won um, in in a district that Biden would have carried. But one of his big uh, arguments is that he was, you know, he he cast himself uh, as as a Trump acolyte, as a as a fine, as a wealthy uh, New York based financier. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to think we'd be talking this much about Mr. Santos, but that's not that dissimilar to how Vince views himself. I mean, Vince's origin is not New York, even though they say New York to represent WWE. He's uh, very much ashamed of where he's from originally, and he's from the trailer park. And that I don't think there's anything to be shameful about that, but maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm talking to you and I'm not in Congress right now as part of the House, <laughs> uh, house Committee. Anyway, but... That's how Trump is too. Like all of their wealth was amassed through lies and good for them, you know, 
they're two outstanding citizens. Upstanding citizens are questionable, but they're outstanding citizens. And it, as in, they stand out. They stand out. They're very recognizable. <laughs> they're. When was the last time you revisited news coverage from say like two months ago? Um, uh, you know, it's because or even a month ago, even a month yeah, ago. Yeah, be, be, because of the way the speaker ballot situation happened, it, it seemed to both speed up and slow down time at the at the same uh, at the same you know frame. I I have actually. I have only been focused on the news of the day, sadly, uh, because I feel like it's my job to step back from it and, totally. and try to make sense of it. I, I have to say that I two months ago was December, right? Two months <laughs> ago was at the was end of November. November. <laughs> That's why I'm even saying one month ago. Like right. one month ago, the Trump organization was found guilty of tax fraud. And no, which one, I love the the organization exactly, exactly, and no one cares. And to think that that should derail a presidential candidate now seems absurd. Where I don't know, maybe it should, but it doesn't matter. And that's the same thing with the Vince thing that's going on. It doesn't matter what these dudes do until they're actually in the ground. They're never going to go away. And so let, go ahead, please. Uh, no, I, I just I just want to say that like the the before we get into the Trump, you know, the, what what Trump has done in his own comeback attempt for running for president in twenty twenty four, like let's just for for those for those folks out there who might not have, you know, been as familiar with the connections. Let's talk about the connections between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump. I mean, which go back five decades. Hold on. Sorry. Say that again. <laughs> so before, before we get into yeah. talking about Trump's comeback and how there are some parallels with McMahon's, yeah. let's talk about the connection between the two men because they go oh, back okay. decades. That's okay. Yeah. The water uh, is blue. The sky is blue. Uh, yeah, these are the most obvious things to me, but that's because my brain is broken. Um, both men inherited sort of uh, businesses from their father. Both men uh, took it from more regional to international. Took it from regional uh, international. Yep. I feel like um, what a, I can't even think of a good analogy for this because I've been talking about this stuff for near on a decade now. And I'm just like, you guys don't know. Um, <laughs> Most people don't. I, I mean, I'm I making was, this uh, difficult for Alan. I apologize right now. Unless you want to make me seem like an. So you can keep this in. It's up to you, man. You're the one editing this thing. I, I no, I actually this this is the stuff that people listen. Oh, this for. is the they, stuff they, people they, like. They, they want uh, to to borrow a term raw. They want it raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the easiest way to think of it is to think of how both men think of the NFL, and that's not their primary business. One of them is real estate, and one of them is wrestling. But the NFL, I think, is a good way to view both men because Trump gets in on the USFL. Uh, a few years into it, its existence, gets sort of a deal on the generals and takes a very promising league and ruins it by trying to go head to head with the NFL. Takes a huge L. There's a wonderful 30 for 30 about this, about the USFL. Small potatoes. About 15 years later, in around the year 2000, Vince McMahon decides, I'm going to do the XFL, which is essentially a version of the USFL, but extreme. And a lot of it is really great, and a lot of it is super relevant and is still used today. For example, um, the on-field camera, the one that like hovers above the field, that's an XFL creation. It doesn't go well. He thought he could compete with the XFL just by making it like Raw in the mid-90s during the Attitude Era. It completely failed. There, there's no – it's just a complete failure. They both think that they are able to do these mainstream things – and have this major success and that they themselves are bigger than the things that they represent. But, and that is in no way true. 
except in politics. Because in politics, it does not matter whatsoever what you actually do, and the perception becomes the reality. And these are men who are brilliant that at understanding that reality has very, very little to do with reality TV, and no two men have been better on television in the last 40 years about understanding how to sell a product that was once completely dismissed by the mainstream and make it important and relevant. And I'm... I'm not at all surprised that these men won't quit. I am not at all surprised that no one else has caught on because they both function as sort of jokes. And when you function as a joke, you can get away with a lot more stuff. Um, if this is a Theranos type of situation and it was somebody trying to sell, I don't know, uh, a blood test, blood tests, <laughs> this would not fly. But because Trump is really only dealing with real estate and the way he made his money, by the way, was to hurt poor people. Anyways, I'm trying to I'm trying to frame this in a way where people that have no interests in wrestling would uh, kind of care about this. But well, but I, I do want to emphasize that in addition to the, just the way that they operate, I mean, they are they have had business relationships. Trump has sponsored, you know, uh, you know, has hosted WrestleManias. He's there, in the he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, he's been in the ring with, with Let's fans. just yeah, I'll do a quick yeah, I mean, Trump in WWE 101. It starts at WrestleMania uh 4 and 5 when they're held at uh Trump Plaza. Uh those are incredibly important WrestleManias because um the, for the first one the wrestlers were actually allowed people could gamble on the event. Uh Stuff's predetermined, guys. You should be able to win all those bets. And uh, <laughs> there's a wonder in, in WrestleMania uh, four. He's still married to Ivanka. And um, you could see him with Marla sitting in the row behind him by WrestleMania five. Uh, that's not the case. He's, no, he's now divorced from her. WrestleMania seven. Marla, then girlfriend hosts, uh, is one of the co-hosts of WrestleMania. Uh, I is he at 13 as well? I know he's at 20. 20 is the is a fantastic return to the Madison Square Garden. Uh, Trump has a mini interview with Jesse the Body Ventura where Jesse goes, I think we need a wrestler in the White House. WrestleMania 23, probably the most famous Trump in WWE storyline, the Battle of the Billionaires. It's through surrogates, by the way. Uh, <laughs> there's at WrestleMania 29 is inducted to the Hall of Fame. That's in New York slash New Jersey. He is not booed out of the building, but it's an outdoor building and you can clearly hear the boos. And at one point, he quote unquote buys Raw, um, which sent the stock prices tanking for WWE for a day until they had to uh, issue a press release saying that's a joke. Uh, that's that didn't really happen. Um, some people's favorite trivia about WWE and Trump is when Vince blew himself up in the limo, which is a relatively famous storyline uh, from the mid aughts. Uh, Trump thought it was real and had to call and make sure. <laughs> But he didn't do that. Uh, just Google Triple H tr uh, Trump explosion. It'll show up. It's fun. These two have worked together forever. Um, with I think there's a salient argument to be made that if the McMahons don't save the Trump campaign in the middle of 2016, that's during the boys will be boys um, dust up that Trump had. The, he's not the president. Um, they were one of the biggest donors to the 2016 campaign. And one of the reasons why is Linda wanted to be in a seat of power and she did for all, like you said, all her all intents and purposes, a good job as the head of the SBA. But before that had two of the biggest losses and by biggest losses, I mean, in terms of uh, finances in, in 
congressional. There were two of, the, two of the most yeah, biggest Senate most expensive Senate races, um, but they're uh, close races. So that's why I, I shouldn't. And not biggest in terms of numbers. Right. There was she did she did a really good showing, especially considering where she came right. from. But she spent millions and millions of dollars, uh, you know, to, to to you know run for the Senate in Connecticut, and then she lost to Chris Murphy, and she lost to Richard Blumenthal. So and Chris Murphy testified on her behalf when she was up for her committee assignment. Had yeah. I don't even know how to phrase it anymore. She's she's a businesswoman. Yeah, you know she's a respected businesswoman. So is her daughter, and I say that with like not tongue in cheek. Like her daughter is a respected businesswoman at this point, and she was doing as an outsider a very good job running WWE. So this is it's not that dissimilar from Trump and his daughter, and Vince and his daughter. Where maybe it's time to step aside, but instead both of the daughters are no longer there. They're, they're, they're once promising futures, <laughs> yeah, uh, are are sort of you know either hijacked or tarnished. You know, like what you know, what I it's it is it's pretty it's pretty amazing. You know, and you know maybe again nobody maybe gets off easily by being in the White House, uh, especially if your father you're working for your father in the White House. I mean, that's just something that's kind of hard to <laughs> over. Like the, the perception of nepotism there is, you know, the, the glare is higher than it is in, say, a private business. But it's, I don't know, it, it's just when was the last, what was the last we heard, you know, of of what Ivanka was doing? I mean, she and she was actually, you know, selling serious policy. You know, she had she had gone up, you know, uh, to to the hill to lobby on behalf of, you know, expanding the, I think it was the earned income tax credit. I mean, things like that. I mean, it was, you know, she she had a policy portfolio. Uh, agree or disagree with it and that is the the emphasis is still on the father correct <laughs> <laughs> and and it will be for a while because now trump has, well here's here's you know, the question it, do you think trump wins the nomination because before this week i would have said no and now i'm like you know what there's no one there's no one there there's no one filling that vacuum I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just so far out. And, yeah, obviously. You know, again, like, but but I mean, like, and also as... as um, it's called fantasy booking, Jason. We do this all right. the time as wrestling fans. The thing that's, that Trump seems to be missing is because he doesn't have Air Force One, because he doesn't have a press pool, because he doesn't have the, the constant sort of media attention that comes with being in the White House and on a campaign that is fully funded... It's basically sort of at this point still just a social media, you know, campaign. Now, now he is starting to book some events. So he's going to be speaking in South Carolina. He's going to be speaking speaking at CPAC uh, here uh, in DC in in March. But it for a for a full throated like sort of comeback for the nomination. It seems very quiet, and you know, people like DeSantis they don't they don't have to jump in right now. They can just let. The, I mean, because the more the glare is on Trump, the more they get to talk to donors, raise money, you know, do an operation, you know, like get a get a ground operation, get higher staff while while Trump picks fights with, you know, Biden over who has more classified documents. But like that's <laughs> but that's another great thing that we're talking about here. Obviously, there's not a Trump classified documents, Vince classified documents thing, but that we know of. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. WWE is a publicly traded company, and that's really why this is happening, right? Once they go private, once this is sold, and if they're private and Vince is still the head of it, he's never – I mean, he, he literally went away, and now he's back. And sure, he's 77, but I, he's the geriatric jackhammer. I don't. He's never going to go away. So if he's here 20 years from now running WWE, I would not be shocked at all. 
And I would not be shocked if Trump's running for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time. Seriously, I'm not joking. I know you're smiling. This seems insane. No, no, I, it, it doesn't. It's it's not. It does seem insane, but it's like I, I also wonder just like what else does he have to do? Exactly. And that's and that's the thing. Why step away? If you're not going to be at the top, why not just keep poking the bear at the top? Right. So and you say things like he's running a social media campaign. He's not even on Twitter, even though he can be on Twitter. And Maggie right. Haberman today tweeted out this thing, a pretty good thing of um, Trump's whatever his social network is called. Truth, truth well, social. Give him a plug. I said that intentionally like I didn't know. Come on, man. You never actually say the name of the competition. If you're on WWE, don't say AEW. Come on. Anyways, the, the whole uh, him trying to say the Supreme Court needs to get to the bottom of this this uh, Roe versus Wade leak thing, right? And how that's just going to be on Twitter, right? But that's not on Twitter because he's not on Twitter. So it's not even a social media campaign. I think it's a simply... It's for the exact same reason WWE doesn't hit certain markets. Unless I could sell this many tickets to this arena, unless I could fill these seats, I ain't going. It does not matter. And I don't want to play a small room, so I'd rather just stay home and build and build and build. WrestleMania has sold more tickets to the upcoming... Sorry, WWE sold more tickets to the upcoming WrestleMania than they ever have before. There's not one match announced. That's the idea. It's the same thing with Trump in a rally. It does not matter what he says. It does not matter who he brings with him. You're going for the the entity. The, Trump is an entity the same way WWE is an entity. The policy, the actual thing that happens in the ring, the actual things that he says that becomes law does not matter. And and they haven't. <laughs> right? It's I incredibly mean, it, it, depressing. It yeah. should matter, but uh, it it's it it should. I mean, it, it's. I mean, getting back to to Santos, you know, like that. If if more people mold themselves like Trump. You know, you can just say whatever you want as long as you and as long as you get elected, you just hang on, you don't quit. You know, you let the ethics committee or the FEC or the, you know, whomever come after or the Brazilian authorities who are, you know, like looking for him or these, you know, the nonprofits for rescue dogs and stuff like that. There seem to be like as long as, as you said, as long as you don't quit, like people, they don't understand that. And then maybe this is the thing that. I, th- I like the way you, you phrase it is that so many people don't understand this about Trump and McMahon is that where where people think like, oh, you obviously should quit, you know, if you have this problem or this ethics issue or you've been arrested or you've been sued or you've like done whatever. And if if somebody doesn't think that way, if they're like they don't quit, like it's it's incomprehensible, you know, to to people who who just say like, where is the shame? Well, you're looking in the wrong place. If you're looking for that, <laughs> for, for shame. Well, you, and you have a very interesting point of view. And I think we both do because we both are living in DC and we're surrounded by other journalists and other people in the media. So our perceptions of reality and what actually matters is completely askew. In a, and I think in a good way. Right. And so a, a friend of mine asked me like, Hey, does this Biden classified documents thing? Like, is, is this the same thing as Trump's? And if I have to explain to someone who does not who, and I'm not even covering this story like what this means that's probably a really bad sign for Biden and a really good sign for Trump and it's the same thing with all these people that refuse to quit and refuse to give up because if it's if you're just so saturated by it as a normal human being you just tune it out and that's all these dudes are doing and it's always dudes by the way so that's not, <laughs> there's like three not dudes doing this but it's mostly dudes so and you know what? I take that back because women could be dudes too. It's just dudes doing this. So never stop. In the great words of John Cena, never give up. 
unless you go to Saudi Arabia, he refuses to go to Saudi Arabia anymore for obvious reasons. This is why I like talking to you about this. You know, I mean, I think the first time that that we talked about this for, you know, for, well, it wasn't in the, we didn't have the podcast at that point, but it was right after you and Chris, you know, wrote your book and that was six, seven years ago. Yeah. Seven years now. Seven, seven years now. And again, you know, it, it is funny because you think like, oh, everybody should know this. And it's really very few people do. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, it, it helped me, my on, understanding. Step back, from that, step back from that. No one should know this. This should not be our reality, number one. <laughs> but because it is our reality, people should know this. Yes. I want to absolutely. clarify that. Yes. It, this, is not, this is not normal, everybody. No. Uh, everybody listening. Well, like, no, this, no, it is normal. Yeah. This is the new normal, but it's, uh, it, it is a, it, it's far from what you think would be just the way to run a business or run a political party or a country, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, I mean, and I can't help but think too, that, you know, one of the reasons that we'll see how this plays out in, in politics, particularly in the, in the presidential election, but one of the appeals of Biden, you know, particularly to independence was that he was boring. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he was, they were tired. They were exhausted, you know, from, from the nonstop news cycle uh, of having to keep up with like a grumpy uncle as president, you know, who who could tweet about everything, and then with the particularly when it, things got violent, uh, it was really just people were just done. And it's fascinating to me again that like you know Biden his his numbers were still either depending on which poll you were looking at were either underwater for favorability or or about even. You know, that's a recipe for a disaster for a, a president's political party in a midterm. And basically, they kind of they the, the Democrats really held their own in the midterm. I'm glad you brought this up because this is the one comparison between the two where it does not make sense. Whenever Trump weighed in on any of these races, it tended to not work out. It was I would I don't think I'm in any way saying this is a controversial statement. It was a net negative whenever the former president got involved. Would you agree with that? Uh, except for maybe in Ohio, um, with, with JD you Vance. have to have an exception. Yeah. That is not yeah. the norm. But overall, but yeah, his his uh, former running back for the generals, Herschel mm-hmm. Walker, that yep. did not work out well. Him recruiting Herschel to move from Texas to back to Georgia to run didn't didn't work out. Um, didn't work out in Arizona with Blake Masters. Didn't work out with Doctor Oz in Pennsylvania. If if you find a, a you know, a Democratic strategist with a couple of drinks in them off the record, they will tell you they just keep, they hope keep, Trump keeps sure, sure, running sure. because like he's a, he's a he's a great foil to run a sure. campaign against. Vince, when he came back, stock prices went up. The more Vince is in power, more stock prices are going up. That's the one major difference. Now, the actual in-ring product, the actual longevity of the company, if he stays, that's up for debate. We, I feel like I feel like Vince is two months behind whatever Trump is doing recently <laughs> in terms of scandal. So I'm very fascinated. Trump announcements. Yeah, I'm very fascinated to see how this sale affects both the stock price and it, how it affects the wrestling world in general. And I'm sure most people that are listening is do not care whatsoever, but. If you don't care about wrestling, I understand if you don't like politics. I get it. You just want to stay in the dark, live in your cave. I'll be educated in understanding what's going on <laughs> via the squared circle. That's a you know good thing to keep in mind. I mean, particularly with politics, you know, people may not like politics, but it does affect their lives, even if they don't think it does. And 
particularly if wrestling and the way people and the parallels with wrestling and politics here like matter, it it all it all comes together. So <laughs> you're laughing. What was that? What were you going to well, say? I'm going to jump into the movie then because you super care about movies and do it. You do. Let's do it. Yeah. And if if it's not for like three wrestlers you can make a good argument that like the entire movie trajectory of the last 10 years is also altered. So go ahead with that. Well, you have the rock, obviously the highest paid movie star in the world. There's no rock without WWE. You have also pro- uh, again, his HBO series about buying a team. Then Ballers? becomes the, the real, yeah. Then becomes the real owns the XFL person owning the XFL. Yeah. The old, the old. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced yeah. that the XFL this time is going to be great because the, the second iteration of the XFL was doing really, really well, especially the DC team. They had the best situation at Audi Field. People loved it. It made a really good TV product. Andrew Luck's daddy was doing a good job running the league. COVID got in the way. Like that's There's no shame in COVID shutting your league down. Anyways, that comes back next month. I am I would put money on The Rock. I would never bet against The Rock. Anyways, The Rock's Everything determines how movies are made. Batista's role in Guardians of the Galaxy is fantastic. And As he's become a glass like, onion. He's a legit <laughs> good actor. He's in Blade Runner. Like he's in yeah. he's in Critical Darlings and he's also in these like big budget and everything. And then you have John Cena doing like mini rock stuff where he's got Peacemaker on HBO and people love that. And now we're so superheroed out that Black Adam barely makes its money back and that completely changes the DC universe. And like superheroes, the way we know it for DC is over. And because of that bomb, The Rock might reappear at Mania this year. <laughs> so this, and I would not be shocked in any way whatsoever if like The Rock ends up trying to buy the commanders or something, or like on his TV show, runs for office one day. And yes, I realize all of this sounds incredibly stupid. I do know that, but it's all money, man. And he's got the most, and he only has all that money because of WWE. And again, the you know Trump was a novelty item until he wasn't. Yep. You know, I mean, and and uh, you know, the you know agree, disagree, be mortified, cheer him on, whatever. Like the the way that he was able to get to power was that a, a lot of people didn't take him seriously, underestimated him, and he didn't ever go away. He just stuck in there. For as many people as as say like, oh, this is. There's no way he could win the 2024 nomination. I I I think that it is a distinct possibility. Yeah, Vince is making me think that this is doable for Trump. <laughs> Not joking. Laugh all you want. Laugh. No, Everyone laughed at me. I wish I laughed at myself. You know, I don't want to no. be right. <laughs> well, Brandon, it's it's been great uh, having it? you back on the show. Yeah, it has actually. Right. I love I love these conversations. I mean, like we're we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the debt limit later. You know, like let's <laughs> let's let's talk about like what is you know the the undercurrents of politics. You know, uh, on on this show, uh, and we can get to we can get to the chewier topics later on. It's a recess week. <laughs> it's a recess week. Let's talk about two seventy somethings that are having sexual assault allegation issues. And between the two of them control the fates of one political party and a multi-billion dollar yeah. uh, publicly traded yeah. corporation. Yeah. So What a world. Uh, Nothing's changed. <laughs> thanks again, Brandon. And thank you for listening out there. Uh, if you have liked this podcast, uh, please subscribe to our newsletter uh, on rollcall.com. We'll send you a, uh, a link when we're Uh, up with each episode and you can also subscribe on itunes and all those different apps that uh, where you get your podcasts thanks again 